This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Whitmer here, along with not the Mark Webber. We do not get to dub these E's or dub those E's this week, but I am joined with a familiar face, Brandon Swanson. Well, I should say the one, the only, Brandon Swanson Swanson. And Ricky, I believe it's dub themies. Dub themies, dub those E's, dub all the E's, but we're not doing that today because Mark is not here. Mark decided on draft week to enjoy the beautiful state of, as you would call it, Brandon, Tejas. Oh, Tejas. In Austin, yes. Texas. Um, as we speak right now with his beautiful wife as they uh, explore the world of Austin, Texas, which uh, I hear great things about Brandon, but I've never been myself. A good friend of ours has uh, talked many a time about uh, just picking up, going over to his cousin's mm-hmm. house saying, hey, we're going, we're, we're going to Texas and we're not looking back, Austin mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've, I've heard great things as well. He sent us the picture of uh, very twisted humor, by the way. Um, he sent me a snap of the pool from like the um, high like the, uh, the hotel he was in because he was way up. And he's like, what do you think would happen if I just jumped or should I jump? And I was like, please don't jump, Tom. We don't need you to jump. Um, but that's kind of the humor um, that he has. But we got a jam-packed show because guess what, Brandon? Happy draft week. We made it. Happy it draft week. Can you believe it? draft week. It's actually two days as we're recording this on Tuesday away from the draft. Almost exactly 48 hours from the draft as I'm sitting here looking at the clock at 6.15 Central Time on a Tuesday, but we got a jam-packed show for you guys. It's going to be all draft in this podcast. You'll be noticing that all these segments are coming out on Wednesday to get you guys ready for the draft. Make sure to also hit us up on Twitter in the comment section if you guys want to join the conversation. We're going to be talking Raiders because... Surprise, John Gruden and Mike Mayock have a special announcement for us, which is something we didn't expect to happen. Um, Then we're going to talk about the Redskins maybe trading up for a quarterback, maybe not trading up for a quarterback. The Broncos, because they've decided they don't need a quarterback because they got Joe Flacco. Um, Then we're going to look at the Frank Clark deal that happened between the Seahawks and the Chiefs, and then round everything out with some trades. What trades are we going to see? What teams are we going to trade or are, are going to see trade on day one of the draft? Before we get into everything, though, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. We are in a Brandon, I think we decided a 10 by 12 foot box, um, or as I like to call it, a glass case of emotion half the time because um, it's tears, it's sweat. It's yelling at each other, anger, happiness. I think you must uh, be talking all about the uh, fast break. Yeah, most of it comes (laughs) from the fast break. But, I mean, it is a small space. We're trying to get a new one. Patreon.com backslash Moseville Podcast. Every single dollar there helps us get the new studio. Bronze member, silver membership, gold membership, some great tiers. You can check those out down below in the description. But, Brandon, let's... Move into our first topic. They don't want it. People are like, Ricky, get to the freaking point. It's draft week. We want to get into the draft discussion. We're going to start off with that risky team, or I should say the most interesting team thus far in all this draft news, the Oakland Raiders. Because on Monday, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that the Raiders 
are looking at some sort of a surprise pick at number four that would necessitate absolute secrecy. This is a team that before this sent all their scouts home before Easter said, happy Easter. Don't come back next week. You're not welcomed. You will not be let into the building. Actually, before you go, give me your keys so you can't get back into the building. So it's just going to be John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and the select few guys that they absolutely need in that room. The thing I want to ask you, Brandon, is who is this surprise pick going to be? Who are the Raiders going to pick at number four Thursday night? You see, see, I think this is really interesting that the Raiders have gone about doing things this way. And again, other teams certainly have gone with surprise picks in the past that I don't think necessarily were on draft experts, radars, our radars, anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the way that the Raiders have handled this entire situation being also very it seems to be very public about it, uh, where everyone seems to know that they did this with their staff, with their scouts, uh, and that there's only a select group of people in the room makes me think that it's going to be more than just, oh, they're going to you know, go off the charts over here. They're going to go you know, with, with this guy over here. It makes me think, uh, you know, Ricky, could they possibly be working on some sort of deal that puts them in the number one spot? I mean, could they be working on that that type of deal with where they have yes, they have I these mean, plethora of picks in the first round, so they have some flexibility to be able to do something like that. The Cardinals today could they said, do that. The Cardinals today said that they would absolutely have to be blown away for a trade at number one. They said that today, Tuesday. So I mean, I know we're in the I know we're in the smoke screen. Like this is where like the smoke screens get the largest because nobody like we're gonna talk about a huge smoke screen when we get to the Redskins, in my opinion. But I look at this and I go, that was my first thought. Are they going to try to trade up for Kyler Murray? Because I feel like if I'm the Raiders, the only quarterback I am taking is Kyler Murray. And the only way I'm getting him is if I trade up to number one. And the reason that I say that why, you know, that they very possibly aren't talking about a pick at four. Mm -hmm. They're talking about getting a pick at one is because why all the secrecy? Why all the secrecy? Why all of this if they're just going to hold fast, hold steady at their pick at number four? Mm -hmm. There's only three picks in front of them. There's not going to be, I don't think, some some big shakeup in front of them that they're going to lose out on, you know, their the the best player that they want to have coming right there at 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 number four. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, really the only reason that they're being this way is because they are trying to work out a trade to be number one in this draft and take Kyler Murray because as much as they outwardly and in the public say that they are fine and well with Derek Carr, I don't believe that they are. I don't believe that John Gruden has found his guy with Derek Carr. I I think he wants somebody who's uh, a little bit more versatile, who's a little bit more uh, fun to watch play on the football field mm-hmm. and who's a little younger than Derek Carr as well, and that would be Kyler Murray for sure. Yeah, and the thing that I'm looking at, so this is what where my thought process went. You're on the right track, but you're thinking about it all wrong in my sense. You're on the right track of quarterback. That's what I think. They're taking a quarterback at number four. But notice what I said. At number four. And the whole thing that I keep going back to is, 
So put let's put on our CSI hats a little bit. Let's let's kind of investigate this a little bit. What were Mike Mayock and John Gruden very involved with this year that happened in Mobile, Alabama at the beginning of this year? What event usually takes place that they were very involved with because they were the coaches of one of these teams? Do you remember what event that was? I want to say like the Senior Bowl. Bingo, the Senior Bowl. They were the coach of the North team. So they got to see and work firsthand with those players. And if I look at the roster, because the the two big quarterbacks from the Senior Bowl that everyone was talking about were Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. And if I look at the North team, who was their quarterback? Drew Locke. I think that the Oakland Raiders, let me see. Or actually, you know what? Screw it. Because Daniel Jones was on that team also. I think it's one of those two guys. I think it's one of those two guys, and I came into this room today thinking it was Drew Locke because the whole thing I'm thinking of is secrecy. You don't want somebody trading up for it, so you don't want the Redskins to trade up. You don't want the Broncos to trade up, and you really want to get Drew Locke at number four. And really what it is is if the Cardinals go Kyler Murray – I don't think the 49ers make a trade, but they have in years past been a team that's open to wheel and deal and get draft picks. That's what John Lynch has done. And then you have the Jets at three, who they made a trade last year to get their quarterback. They would actually not mind moving down because they would need some draft capital to maybe get a second rounder so they don't have to wait all the way until the third. So that's why, to me, I I see the secrecy. My thought process right now as we are in this room recording is, is it Drew Locke because they're afraid of any team trading up for him because it's him and Haskins that are arguably right there at number two, or are they going to go with a bigger surprise in my mind, Daniel Jones, who the only team I have heard that might favor Daniel Jones is the New York Giants. What's your thought? Out of those two... Obviously, Jones would be the bigger surprise at four. But in your mind, which one do you think the Raiders would lean towards if it's quarterback at four, Drew Locke or Daniel Jones? If the Oakland Raiders were to take Daniel Jones, I I would say it's probably pretty safe for the entire uh, fan base to lose hope uh, in the Mm -hmm. organization because that would be a moronic pick at number four. Um, They could take him pretty much anywhere else they would want in the first round. Uh, Drew Locke would seem, uh, in your scenario, Ricky, Drew Locke would seem much more the uh, solid pick, the pick that I think that a lot of fans would be able to get behind if they've ever seen Drew Locke play football Mm -hmm. in college. They should be pretty impressed by what he's done and the skills that he brings to the football field. But, you know, are we possibly looking at this all wrong? Are we looking completely at the wrong position for the Oakland Raiders? Again, you know, you you look, they they, they do need a number of of uh, areas. Quarterback, I think, uh, certainly being one of those. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, they're pretty good. I mean, they've got Antonio Brown, certainly. Uh, people are and thrilled Ty- with him. Tyrell Williams mm-hmm. is over there as well, but those are the only two. 
Yeah. And, and then certainly, certainly you need to replace Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. That that was something that was very apparent for the Oakland Raiders all season long. And, and Ricky, when it comes down to it, is the bigger thing going to be replacing Khalil Mack? Or is it going to be scoring points on the offensive side of the football and finding that that quarterback leader and and not saying that Derek Carr cannot be a leader, uh, but just saying that these last couple of years haven't proved to be very kind to him Mm -hmm. uh, via injury and statistically. But are, are we looking at this all wrong and are they... Are are they? I don't know. Going to surprise us with uh, with a linebacker? Are they going to surprise us with a? You know, a, 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 I don't. It's not a surprise, but Devin White. You know, you know somebody like that. It's it wouldn't they be, a, could. but it wouldn't be a surprise though. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole thing. We're all talking surprise See, here for Oakland, and that's, and that's why, no surprise. Is it is it Tremaine Edmonds? Is it you know? There's. Yeah. I, I mean, is it anyone there? Because I guess I'm trying to think as much in the surprise, quote unquote, surprise category. Mm-hmm. Because why would Oakland go to this length of secrecy with their own organization? That's why I'm leaning towards quarterback. And the reason why I'm leaning towards quarterback is you trade up in the top 10. Like, look at last year. Yes, there were trades outside the top 10, but every single trade in the top 10 was to get a quarterback. You don't trade up in the top 10 unless you are going up to grab your guy that you think will be the future at quarterback. So that's my first thought, and that's what I'm really betting my money on, is that they have a quarterback that they like. If I'm going with the word surprise, I'm going with Daniel Jones. If I'm going with the smart option of who they've said they've liked and just the things like the little footprints, the tracks that they have left for us this draft season, I'd go with Drew Locke, which would also be a surprise because in every single mock, that I've ever seen, we've all just said, take a pass rusher. And that's, to me, the smart pick. It's either, whether it's a Nick Bosa, whether it's a Josh Allen, whether it's even a Montez Sweat, you take that pass rusher because, as I have read at nauseum because of all the mock drafts we've done, and I'm currently a little bit later than usual finishing my seven-round mock draft, trying to put together the best picks for the Raiders every time their pick comes up and putting myself in Mike Mayock's shoes. As NFL.com says, and I'm reading this straight from the Raider profile, adding a whole lot of juice up to a pass rush that produced a league-low 13 sacks last season, no other team had fewer than 30, Brandon. 30. So you had you were last place in sacks, by a hefty amount. Yeah. And a little sidetrack here before I go before I go off into my sidetrack. The second position I would think of the surprise is what you mentioned, wide receiver. Like I thought quarterback, but if it's not quarterback, the surprise is DK Metcalf. Because those are two positions we've never mocked to the Raiders at number four. But then I think why would you go DK Metcalf? You've got Antonio Brown, you've got Terrell Williams, if anything, if you're going to add a wide receiver in the first round, add a Paris Campbell with one of those later picks, Cowboys or Bears, because he could be more of a speedy slot guy to your Williams and Brown on the outside. 
to me, I am leaning towards the surprise pick is Daniel Jones, though. And the reason why I say that is before I do my my aside that I was going to do. I'm all scatterbrained with this, by the way. So my aside is whatever pick they make, and I'm assuming it's Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones is the name they call at number four, dumbest pick of the whole draft. It's, and the bad. reason I will tell you why they're going to make it is you've got John Gruden and you've got Mike Mayock. What's the one thing these two guys have in common? They want to be the smartest guy in the room. They're two guys that, what's John Gruden know more than anybody, Brandon, with all his quarterback camps? He knows quarterbacks. He's a quarterback whisperer. Then you got Mike Mack, ooh, the scout. He brings the scouting insight. Although every single time I've heard him on NFL.com at the combine or anything, I haven't really liked his take. I've always felt like he's been a guy that wants to be the smartest guy in the room, whether he's right or wrong. That's the two things they have in common. They want to be the smartest guy and think they are the smartest guy in the room. How do you do that? You send all your scouts home. That's how you become the smartest guy in the room. You send everyone else home. Um, It would be like if I said, hey, Brandon, you can leave this podcast right now. Then I'm the smartest guy in the room. Um, But a thing I think back to is this, and this is why I'm leaning. I'm talking myself into Daniel Jones being the pick because there was this was last week when we did the podcast. We talked about the Raiders during our mock draft and John Gruden made a comment about Mike Mack where, like, he told Mike Mack, hey, don't mess it up. It, I took a lot of slings to get you three first-round picks. <laughs> and Mike Mack, in an interview with ESPN, said, said this. Here's the quote from the New York Post that they've got. You always have to go back to trusting who you are as an evaluator. I'm a son of a coach, and I know how coaches think. And coaches think need. And we're a coach-driven building. Our coaches are highly involved. That's good. I embrace that. The flip side is you can't reach. You've got to use some common sense. That's what I preach. And the thing is, right here, he continues to say, if there is a discount, a displatant between the two players Let's not reach for need because the mo- the more you do that, the more you dilute your roster. And that's a conversation we have had a lot. The way I look at this thing from a how to do or how to or how do people perceive me perspective is a lot of people doubted that anybody could come out of the media and go and be the GM of any team. I know that. I get that. Two things from those quotes. Number one, they're not drafting need at number four. That's why any pass rusher is not going to be taken here. They're going quarterback. That's the one thing we have not put them at number four because they don't need it. They have Derek Carr. Number two, what I'm reading into Mike Mayock is exactly what I said before. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Here's my picket for. I'm going to prove you're wrong because you guys thought I couldn't be the GM of this team. That is what I'm reading from those comments now that we know, because it could be a smokescreen, know that they're going to make a surprise picket for. And how bad is that, though? Real how, bad. How bad is that? Real bad. I mean, you, I mean, you spoke before we even came on, and then mm-hmm. when you did, um, 
when, when we did come on, you know, talking about how the, the, the Raiders, everyone remembers what the Raiders did last year. Everyone remembers that they completely blew their pick last year. Mm-hmm. And if they do that again this year and they try and get too cute is how I'm going to say it and try and get too crafty. Especially they're, at they're the top going, of the draft. They're going to hurt themselves. What the mm-hmm. Oakland Raiders need to do is they need to come full circle. And by coming for full circle, you need to identify your needs. What do you need? Mm-hmm. You have multiple draft picks. There's a reason you have multiple draft picks. You're bad. Mm-hmm. Let's go and try and improve. Let's not try and make a point to somebody and show somebody, well, you know, with my crafty mind that I used on TV, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to do. That's not smart either. So there's there's just really for the Oakland Raiders, it's not hard. It's mm-hmm. pretty simple. When the first three picks are taken in front of you, you're going to be left with still a plethora of very, very good players to choose from. Mm-hmm. And for Oakland, I know that everyone says, you know, the best player on the team and the leader on the team is that quarterback. But for the Oakland Raiders, it really did seem, while yes, Derek Carr was was outstanding and, and, and he was good in his first couple of years there, um, Khalil Mack was was their leader. Yep. Khalil Mack was their energy guy. And they traded him away. And they traded him traded him away and every Brandon's like I'm thankful I'm a Bears fan. And every Bears fan <laughs> says thank you you idiots. Mm-hmm. Um but we appreciate it. we're glad you were the idiots not us cuz the Bears usually are the idiots. Yeah. But um what they need to do is they need to go they need to get that good defensive player and mm-hmm. and get that defense bring life uh, to that defense again, but it just doesn't sound like Oakland's going to do that. Well, and that's why I think that it's either going to be Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. It's the pick at number four. Um, my only question is which one did they fall in love with more while they worked out with them at the Senior Bowl? Because that's a big thing. They actually got to coach them. They got to work with them a full week while other scouts, other coaching staff, staffs just got to watch. They actually got to work with these guys, and that's why I kind of feel like it's either going to be one of those two guys at number four. Although out of those two, for Oakland Raider fans, if I had to pick out of two of them, I would lean towards Drew Locke as like a, at least Drew Locke has some hope. Whereas Daniel Jones, it's like, I'll be honest, he's not in my first round. Like, And the whole thing with Daniel Jones is you either love him or you hate him. It's like Todd McShay said, Last week on ESPN, they had him and Todd on, and he goes, yeah, like with Daniel Jones, he goes, Mel Mel loves him, I don't. Like, it's just a matter of opinion. Mel's got him in the first round. I don't think he's a first-round talent. So, I mean, with me, that would be the catastrophic thing, is if they went Daniel Jones at four, because then it's like, great. What do you do from here? Unless you're going to work on a Derek Carr trade. Yeah. Because I don't think you draft it. Although Daniel Jones would need to sit behind Carr, I don't want to know that situation with a pissed off Carr and Antonio Brown and a Daniel Jones all on that team. They would just give him hard knocks right away. Um, I uh, There was something that you said that I'm trying to go back to oh was the mike mayock comment no uh now I, I remember and it just what something that you had said just sparked sparked something in my mind mm-hmm. that i was saying what if the oakland raiders completely just screwed with us all and they went tight end 
They could. TJ Hawkinson is somebody that's been mocked in the top ten. Jared Cook is gone. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they relied heavily on him. Again, I know that people and Oakland Raider fans out there may be saying, "You idiot! They're not going with that." But I'm just trying to think. Surprise! Why? Why? What position? Why would one? I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. out why would the Raiders do this? What they're doing with their staff, with their scouts, and everything like that. They send them home. Don't come back till after the draft. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Um, well, and like, but Ian then, Ra- but then, and like Ian Rappaport said, most of those scouts are not going to have jobs after this draft is over because there's going to be turnover in that draft room because of Mike Mayock. Yeah. So I think that um, I'm just trying to think big, big surprise. And again, tight end, it's a mm-hmm. position that they need. No, I, is it their most important? No, but uh, not in my mind. Uh, but it's it's a need. It's somebody that they they need to replace. It's a position they need to replace, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some good tight ends out there and available from Iowa. Uh, so there could be. I'm just trying to throw out some pos- other possibilities I, there too. You know what? It's something I wasn't thinking of, but that would make more sense than D- DK Metcalf. Um, if that was the surprise. The other thing that I just wanted to throw out there that really, if I was a Raider fan would not sit well with me. The last quote of that New York Post article I read, so Mike Mayock ends it with this. But at the end of the day, here's the deal. If we win, everything will be fine, and if we lose, I'll get fired, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And if I'm a fan, it's like, oh, so you're not taking this seriously. Like, you don't care if you get fired because whatever, I'll go back to TV. That's what I read into that. And I think that this whole... Oakland situation, it's not going to work out with Mike Mack and John Gruden. I'm very skeptic of it now, and I feel like this will be the second year. Mark my words, Thursday on the live stream when Dave and I are here looking at the draft and that pick comes up, we're going to be dumbfounded. My jaw will hit the floor. And then later when we're done on the Onside Kick Recap Podcast, I am going to blast Mike Mack and John Gruden for their pick at number four. Beware for it now because it's coming. Ricky, do you remember, uh, obviously, John Gruden's contract is 10 years. He's only going to be in, what, year two or three of his 10-year contract? I think just, what, year year two? two. Uh, Mike Mayock's contract certainly is not 10 years. Do you know what his contract is, Mike Mayock, off the top of your head? I could look it up. I mean, it's not that hard. I certainly could, too. But I just thought maybe you would (laughs) know off the top of your head. Mike Mayock contract. Let's see. They hired general manager. Let's see. NFL.com. Hmm. Let's see. This article says, whoop, as my tablet decided, no, you don't need to read that article. Um, let's see. Do they have it in here of how many years he'll be spending? Is his also a 10-year too? I'll find it. You go on with your thought, and I'll find how long that contract is. Well, because the, the, the reason that I asked that is because how long were they planning to pair – uh, this group together uh, because with with Mike Mayock and with John Gruden. I, I wonder that because do they believe that this is going to be a, you know, a match made in heaven, that the two of these guys were really going to click and are really going to click that that's, that's what I'm, I'm interested in is, you know, who, 
who obviously they bring in Mayock. They they believe he's going to be the the guy that's going to help to take this team to the next level after they got rid of Reggie McKenzie uh, that you know ended in a four and twelve record this past mm-hmm. year. But I I wonder. You know, Mayock has had no experience in an NFL front office. He, I I don't know how well he's known John Gruden, but it just, it, it seems uh, very interesting to me. Everything that's now playing out in front of us that we're looking at, I, I just am, am, am curious, and especially with what you said about the quote that that uh, Mike Mayock had is basically didn't, like a, didn't eh, matter whatever. to him. Like whatever, if I get fired, I get fired. I could care less. And that's in year one, not even year one. Like he got hired what this off season? Like he didn't even get hired during the season. He got hired in the off season. And I'm not seeing anything about a Mike Mayock um, year count in these articles. All of them just reference John Gruden's um, tenure. So I'm going to assume. That they, I mean, and this is a bad thing to do. I'm going to assume they lined them up to where they're overlapping at the same time. So maybe I would say like a nine-year contract at the most, which seems kind of huge for a GM. Um, But I'm not seeing anything exactly on years. But if I had to give my final thought on this, I'm going to say that the Raiders are going to go quarterback at four, how it'll probably how the draft will probably unveil with the surprise pick. And this is totally different than my mock. Cause when my mock, I pick for what I think they should do. If I was the GM, um, Kyler Murray will go one. Nick Bosa will go two. If the jets pick at three and we'll talk about them in a second, if they pick at three, they'll probably go Quinn and Williams. Cause he'll be the best one. They'll either go Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen. And then the Raiders will pick their quarterback with the surprise pick. But it'll either be Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. But I'm going to say Daniel Jones because of the word surprise being in there for the number four. What's your final thought and who's the guy you're going to lock in as the surprise pick for the Raiders? Uh, You know, for the Oakland Raiders, I'm really, I think that they're screwed. I I think that they're trying to be... uh, it, it it goes to my my point of I think they're trying to get too cute, and I don't think that that is going to uh, go over all that well uh, mm-hmm. with their fan base. I think that at at their pick, I mean I I'm I'm almost talking I'm almost talking myself into into this one. I I I think that they're <laughs> I think they're going to end up going with T.J. Hawkinson. Tight end. It could happen. I, 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 and I, I know it sounds so crazy, and it probably is, but we're talking surprises. Mm-hmm. You go Daniel Jones, that would be a huge surprise, and I think and, a mistake. And I think also TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. would be a really big surprise and, and a mistake at that point in the draft. And the thing I do want to throw out, in case there's Raider fans that have been like, guys, you've been bashing this team the whole time, the thing I will say, although I would take pass rusher first, I would probably, if Josh Allen's there, he would be my pick because he could almost be the, he plays the same position that Khalil Mack was, that linebacker rusher on the edge. I'm not going to say he's going to be exactly like Khalil Mack. Um, But the thing I will give the Raiders benefit of the doubt is maybe they could take a stab at four because of those picks that John Gruden got 
later in the draft because we have talked about this draft being a hefty defensive draft. So maybe they're thinking there'll be a pass rusher um, in the late 20s or early 20s where they sit with the Cowboys and Bears. Maybe they try to take one of those picks and Derek Carr to move up after they take a quarterback. Anything is possible. They do have capital to work with. I just think they should take a pass rusher at number four. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Who do you think the... Who do you think the surprise is going to be? What do you think is going through Mayock and Gruden's head? What's your thought on the situation? And then who would you pick if you were in that war room and had to make the pick for the Raiders? But Raider fans, I want to hear from you guys especially. Let us know what you guys are thinking down below in that comment section. But Brandon, let's move on to another team whose mascot starts with an R. And we're going to move from the Raiders to the Redskins. It's funny. We talk about a team that could possibly surprise us and take a quarterback at four. Now we're going to talk about a team that needs a quarterback. The only one on the roster is Case Keenum um, as Alex Smith. Well, Alex Smith is on the roster, but he ain't playing this year um, after that injury that he had. And let me set this one up for you. This one's got some leg work, you know, kick <laughs> your feet up, pull out a cigar. We've got to set this one up for you. So yesterday, which was Monday, Doug Williams, the, let's see, I want to get his exact title right, the senior VP of player personnel for the Redskins, Doug Williams, had a press conference. He was answering all these questions from reporters. Here are some tweets that I just want to pull out before I ask you the main question of this. Number one, he was asked about the draft board. Here was his quote. The board is up, and I'm sure there will be tweaking over the next few days as we try to get it right. All right, simple answer. Then he was asked about taking a quarterback in the first round because their quarterback is Case Keenum, and he's only got one year left on his deal. Plus, we don't know if Alex Smith is ever going to play football again, sadly. Um, The two quotes I've got here from Twitter are, Williams says a quarterback they like at 15. This is from Craig Hoffman. Um, Williams says a quarterback they like at 15 is on the table even after the Keenum trade. So quarterback's on the table. He says there are a few guys they like at quarterback. Then you've got J.P. Finley from NBC Sports saying, ask Doug Williams about Redskins taking a quarterback with 15 pick. Sounds like it remains very much an option. Then after being asked about, you know, Eric Flowers and left tackle, being asked about the defensive line, he was asked about trading up. And this is, to me, the most important quote of this entire presser. This is from Grant Paulson. Doug Williams with a surprisingly candid answer when asked about moving up the draft board. Here's the quote. The chance of trading up is in is a lot slimmer than trading back. There's a great possibility we'll trade back if the opportunity came. So, Brandon, the thing I want to ask you with all this They're still coming up. They're tweaking their draft board. They're thinking about quarterback at 15. There's a couple guys that they like. And with the fact that they say that trading up is a lot slimmer than them trading back, will the Redskins trade up for a first-round quarterback in your mind? Is this a smokescreen, or is Doug Williams being serious when he says this? They're talking to the Jets right now. (laughs) 
They're talking to the Jets. That's what I think. Right now. Doug Williams got done with his press conference and went and took a call with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's there's no way. And it's really, I think, hard. it'd be hard to believe uh, for even Redskins fans that the likely thing that the Redskins mm-hmm. do is trade back. Yep. You're at 15. You're already in the middle well, of the draft. Why the, Why the would only, you be trading back? The only way they trade back in my mind is if they don't trade up and all the quarterbacks are gone. Yeah. Like the top four quarterbacks are gone because someone's going to take Daniel Jones, although I think he's a second rounder. I, they're tr- they're trading up. They are, they're trading up. In my mind, they're trading up. We've talked about this uh, before. Uh, on 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 a, on the uh, primetime podcast, mm-hmm. they're trading up. I mean, if they're going to do anything, mm-hmm. if they're going to move their position that they're right at right now, which is 15, they will move up. And I'm yeah. telling you, they're talking to the Jets. They're talking. I mean, hell, they're they're talking to the 49ers. I mean, John mm-hmm. Lynch. I was just reading an article today, or the that, Buccaneers. That uh, John Lynch is, you know, he's he's talking about how he. Might how he had nightmares last night, thinking about how he may have to defend against Kyler Murray mm-hmm. if the Arizona Cardinals do in fact draft him. But on the flip side of that coin, he's also thinking about the possibilities that if they do not draft him, he could be in a wonderful position for people to come to him and say, "John, we will give you the world." We need a quarterback. We need to have Kyler Murray. He could be in a really good position mm-hmm. on the flip side of that if the Arizona Cardinals indeed do not go Kyler Murray number one. Here's why I think that it's a crock of shit. And the reason why I'm going to say that is so I know you can't take anything for granted. Like I said, smoke screen, smoke screen, smoke screen. And I think this is the ultimate smoke, smoke screen because – on Monday, Dwayne Haskins was on NFL Network. Here's the quote from Dwayne Haskins. And, of course, going to say everything right because you it's like a job interview for these guys. But here's what he says. There's definitely something there, talking about the Redskins. I feel like there's a great relationship with the Redskins. My mentor, Sean Springs, played for the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Great relationship with owner Mr. Snyder. And the rest of the Redskins' ownership. Whatever team picks me, I'll be excited to be a part of. But there's definitely something there in D.C. And then the CBS article says Haskins also provided a reminder um, that he's from the area. And then he went on to say, for me to be able to go back to D.C. where somewhere where I grew up at, went to high school at, is definitely a lot of fun for me to be able to spend time with Doug Williams, Coach Gruden, and the rest of the offensive staff. I think the Redskins are a great place to be. Now, part of that could be him just saying, well, I just want to play at home, and that's all it is. He's just looking at the Redskins because he wants to go back home, kind of like in the NBA, I think of Derrick Rose when he got drafted by the Bulls. It makes sense. But to me, I also look at it and I go, if you're the Redskins— He's not going to be there at 15. Like, if you're drafting a quarterback, if you're the Redskins and you're saying, oh, we like a couple guys, the only two guys you're drafting at 15 are, who do you like, Daniel Jones, Ryan Finley, or Will Greer? Because that's your choice. Because I'm telling you, Kyler, Dwayne, Drew, they're all going in the top 10. 
they're going to get snagged up. The only way you're getting one of them is if you trade up with a team. And like in my last mock draft, my 7.0, I actually had them, Brandon. And I'll ask you what you think of this. So in my last mock draft, which you can see the whole thing on our um, YouTube channel, did it on the primetime podcast like we did last year, I had them make a trade with the Jets. And here's what happened. So Kyler Murray went number one. Nick Bosa went number two. The trade at three that I had is that the Redskins got the third overall pick. They gave up the 15th overall, their second rounder, which was the 46th, a third rounder, which is the 96th, and then a future first round pick for next year. And they took Dwayne Haskins at number three above the Raiders. First off, what do you think about that deal? And could that be a deal we see on draft night? Say it one more time. So the Raiders give up, our Redskins give up their first, second, and third round picks. The 15th, the 46th, and the 96th. They also give up next year's first to move up to number three. They give up their first, second, and and third. And a future uh, first. A third, that's a lot. And the only re- the only reason That's why here's the reason why I put the future first in there. Last year, when the Jets moved up from six to three, it was a first, two seconds, and a future second. The Redskins A don't have two seconds to give. And number two, if I'm the Jets, moving from top ten to fifteen, that's a big jump. At least for the Colts last year. Hey, we're still picking at six. We're still in the top ten. The Redskins might have to give up a lot more here because they'd have to move up from 15 to three, which I will say might be why they don't want to trade up because they feel like they'll have to give up the farm I mean, to get that quarterback, but, but who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, that's that's very true, but that's just when saying it out loud, mm-hmm. it seems like so much. Mm-hmm. A first, a second, a third this year, and then a first next year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Um, maybe I would say a first. Uh, gosh, um, a first in a. Maybe a first, second, a third this year, and a second next mm-hmm. year. I mean, a, a, and a first next year. That that that's a whole lot. Uh, you know, for for a guy who hasn't even proven himself yet here in the NFL. That's that's also my concern mm-hmm. with doing something like that. You're going for a guy all based on hope, yep. all based on hope. And, yeah, what you've seen is great, but, we again, we've seen – We've seen things that are very good and promising on guys, and then once they get to the NFL, it just doesn't transfer. Mm-hmm. That's also why I always have so many – I'm skeptical until we actually see the guys come through. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people for the Chicago Bears right now, I think they're very happy they have Mitch Trubisky. But when the Bears gave up a ton to go and get him, I think they're like, you gave up all that? For Mitch oh, Trubisky? I'll be honest. I've backed off a little bit on the comments, but when that trade was made, I looked Mark straight in the eyes and said, you got fleeced by John Lynch. And and see, I think that was the thought. That was the thought at the time. But I only say that because John Lynch was not going to pick Mitch Trubisky there. I know that Mark has made the point, well, what if another team jumped ahead? I didn't think, I didn't think that the Niners wanted to move down. They wanted Solomon Thomas. 
and by trading with the Bears, they could get more and still get it. That's besides the point, water under the bridge. But, yeah, at the time, I was in that opinion of you guys got fleeced. You got fleeced by John Lynch. Congratulations for giving up picks. But Mitch is now your your guy. He's your guy moving well, forward. Exactly. And, and he's, I think, proven himself mm-hmm. now to be a guy who is going to hold up in the NFL um you know ba- just based off of um you know the the uh I- injuries and things like that like he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be oft injured even mm-hmm. though even though he did have that little bit of an injury this this year he was able to overcome that and he came back and he was still the same Mitch that we saw in the beginning mm-hmm. of the year as he was in the second second part of the year and then even in the playoffs he had a very good playoff game I thought mm-hmm. um even though he maybe there were some questions as to what he was allowed and not allowed to do. I mean, Cody Parkey ruined the game for you guys. Let's be understandable honest. and very true. But I, 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 but my 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 main point that I just want to make, and I'll wrap up my kind of go around. You here keep going. I'm is, not going to cut you off. Is that no? You're okay. I'll, I'll I'll throw it right back to you here. Is that I worry giving up so much for an unproven and just a an unknown guy mm-hmm. who we don't know anything about. It's different when the bears say, Hey, we're going to pay a hundred and some million dollars. We're going to trade, you know, a ton of stuff for uh, Khalil Mack and then pay him the, the highest paid contract to a defensive player in NFL history. Well, we've seen what Khalil Mack does. Yeah. We've seen him in the NFL Wreaks for havoc. multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that. But for the other, that's where I start to be a little, uh, I, I don't know. And that's just, it seems like when you well, say it, a lot to give up. And that's the thing. like, And that's drafting. You don't know what you're going to get. Like, for example, when it was the Mariota Jameis Winston, the Buccaneers didn't know what they were going to get with Jameis Winston. They were hoping they got the best. They didn't know they were going to get what they got from Jameis Winston thus far. I could sit there and tell you, yeah, this is what you're going to get, because I was not high on Jameis Winston coming out of that draft. But drafting is not an exact science. Like, for example, and this goes back to your Mitch Trubisky point that you made, think back to that same draft. We had two other quarterbacks. One, well, both of them, I'd say, are happy they made that deal, where the Chiefs, moved up from 27 to the 10th overall pick and gave up their third-round pick, which was the 91st that year, and a first-round pick in 2018 in order to grab Patrick Mahomes while they still had Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes sat for a full year. It wasn't like he just came in and was the starter of that team. I would guess that Chief fans are pretty happy with that deal now, even if they weren't. The night of that trade, because even I was like, why? Why are you trading for Corbett? You got Alex Smith. Also, you got Houston. They traded up from 25 to 12 with Cleveland. Theirs was unique because it was just, hey, give us your first this year and then give us a first next year. Which to me, I was like, why are you giving up that second first rounder? But you got Deshaun Watson. Like, I thought Cleveland should have drafted him at 12. Instead, they gave him to Houston, and now Houston, their biggest thing this year, because they have Dwayne, or not Dwayne Haskins, now that they have Deshaun Watson, their biggest thing in the draft this year is, okay, let's get someone to protect him. We just need to protect Deshaun Watson. And I also feel like in the draft, 
we've kind of made a shift the last few years because if you look at 2018, if we just look a year ago, yes, Baker went one, but if you look at all the other quarterbacks traded, Jets traded up for Darnold. You've got Bills traded up for Allen. Cardinals traded up for Josh Rosen. Those were all the top 10 guys taken. You look at 2017. We mentioned it. Mitch traded up. Mahomes traded up. Deshaun Watson traded up. Before that, though, 2016, Goff and Wentz. Those trades happened well before draft night because we knew those two quarterbacks were at the top. The year before that, I want to say was the Mariota Winston one. Yep, the year before that was Mariota Winston. Yes, the we they didn't even make trades for those. We knew those two quarterbacks were going to go at the top. I feel like maybe it's because of how the college game has changed a little bit. Um, but I feel like we've made a shift the last few years of not like, oh, I'm at one, I'm at two, I'm going to take a quarterback of teams actually having to trade up to get their quarterback. And that's why with the Redskins, I feel like if quarterback is on your mind this year, you are trading up to do so. I I don't know if Doug Williams means what he says, the very candid answer of we're not going to trade up, and he means they're not going to trade up. How candid, though? I mean, un- unless Daniel Jones is their guy. Then you're not trading up. For you me, might as well just you might as well just not get a quarterback and and or, stay with Case Keenum. Unless you're on the Miami train, but you don't want to be like Miami. Now Miami played the <laughs> Miami played their cards. We're not looking for a quarterback this year. We're going for Tua. Unless the Redskins are thinking the same thing. Hey, at 15, we like this quarterback, but if he's not there, we'll go somewhere else. We got other holes to fill. Tua is there next year. Derek or Trevor Lawrence is there in two years. We'll be fine. Like even next year, think about it. The thing that keeps circling in my head is Justin Herbert, who was going to be in this draft. He's going to be in next year. So just because you don't get Tua doesn't mean you can't get someone next year. And I think the Redskins are in that situation of if you want a quarterback this year and want your guy and really love a guy, go up and get him. But if you don't love a guy, and that's where I think it's a smokescreen, I think they'll trade up and get a quarterback. But if it is a true answer and I am wrong, there will be guys next year for them to draft because I don't expect the Redskins to be a team without Alex Smith that goes very far. They would have been a playoff team with Alex Smith. Without Alex Smith, they'll probably be in the top 15 of the draft next year as well, maybe even the top 10 of the draft next year there's always that question ricky of regret Mm -hmm. that's i think that's you know one of the biggest things is you don't want uh to be looking back and and saying hey you know we could have gotten this guy you know this this could have been this could have been our guy we had a chance Mm -hmm. and then you know a year through and they're having a or a half a year through and they're having a phenomenal season yeah and the redskins are thinking could have had him again. Still hoping that you know they're in a position to be able to get one of these other guys mm-hmm. next year, but it's it's. It, I think a lot of it's about timing. Uh, a, a lot of it's about timing, and and certainly some of it is about banking on the right guys and and, and going for the for the right guys as well. 
But uh, it's an it's an interesting scenario that a lot of teams find themselves in every single year. Let's see. I'm going to pull up Walter football really quick. Um, so they have their mock draft. I'm just going to read the first few quarterbacks that they have off the board. So in Walter football's 2020 mock draft, number one, the Miami Dolphins take Tua Tunga Viola. Oh, look at that. The Arizona Cardinals at two. Guess who the Cardinals take in this draft? It's not a quarterback, by the way. No idea. Jerry Judy out of Alabama at number two. That's interesting to me. Um, the next quarterback they have is, wow, he's pretty far down because I'm already at 10 and there's no quarterback. Justin Herbert at 12. And then I'm assuming the third one's just going to be Jake Fromm. Wow. They are not high on these quarterbacks. Only two in the top sixteen. That's not gonna. That's gonna change definitely by the time we get to next year. Um, oh, ooh, that's a surprise. So I'll ask you this really quick to end this one um, from WalterFootball.com. The quarterbacks they have in the first round, like I said, Tua and Herbert. Guess who's their number three quarterback off the board as of right now? Costello from Stanford, and then Jake Fromm from Georgia. Interesting. That's interesting to me because I would think Jake Fromm would be the number three guy off many boards. But just to put a final kibosh on this, same thing we did did with the Redskins segment, if you had to put your money on it for Thursday, will the Redskins trade up for a quarterback? And if so, who are they taking? Yeah, they're trading up. Um, They're trading up, and in my mind, they are going – Oh, gosh. They're trading up, and they are going to go with, uh, I think it's going to be Drew Locke. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. is great. You know, he says these really nice things about the organization. All guys will say that if they're trying to get drafted. Um, I think they'll go with Drew Locke, though. Yeah, I think they're trading up as well. I think it's a smoke screen. I think they're saying it because... I think that a team we're getting to next, Denver, is also kind of doing um, a similar thing because they don't want to play their cards because you've got a team we didn't even mention. The Bengals could be trading up for a quarterback if there's somebody that they really like. You've got so many teams that could be trading up, and to be honest, a lot of dance partners in that top ten. You've got the 49ers have been dance partners in the past, the Jets Obviously, dance partners because they don't have a lot of picks this year. The Buccaneers were dance partners last year with the Bills. The Lions have already talked about maybe trading back, and they've even thrown the screen out of like, oh, maybe we'll take a quarterback at number eight. Don't count us out. Um, We're crazy Detroit. Um, And then, obviously, you've got Buffalo there that already has their quarterback, um, and they've been trading. Usually they've been trading up, but this time it could be on the other foot. I'm going to go with they do trade up. I'm going to go with Dwayne Haskins as their guy. I think they're going to go with the hometown kid. I think there's kind of a shift happening where people and scouts are having Drew Locke at the top, and now as we're getting closer to the draft, Dwayne Haskins is kind of having that last surge to become the second quarterback off the board. But Redskin fans, let us know what you guys think. First off, do you want your team to trade up for a quarterback? Two, do you think they'll trade up for a quarterback? And if they do, which quarterback do you want them to grab? That's what I want to know down below in that comment section. 
And Brandon, let's move on. The next team we're going to take a look at still, well, this one's in the top 10. The Redskins were not. I forgot about that. They're at 15. But the next team we're going to look at are the Denver Broncos. And this is a team that is very interesting. One of the teams that I know you mentioned when we did on the primetime podcast a long time ago where we predicted where all the top five quarterbacks would Mm go. Um, The Broncos were a team we brought up because they've got Joe Flacco. Is he really the answer? Probably not, but at least he's there to lean on, and they could really take a quarterback if they want to or trade up for one in the top ten. But according to Todd McShay, here's the quote from Todd McShay, and I'm getting this from Mile High Report of SB Nation. I'm hearing that the Broncos will not be taking a quarterback in the first round. Instead, they are more likely to roll the dice with Joe Flacco and attend the other needs. If Denver doesn't go defense here, which is a possibility, it could go with Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. But I'm also told Michigan inside linebacker Devin Bush is in play. So I want to ask you, Brandon, with that being said, Broncos probably not going to take a first-round quarterback. They're going to look defense. Devin Bush could be the guy they look at. But if they go offense, Todd McShay is kind of hearing that TJ Hawkinson might be the guy. What's your thought with the Broncos? Who will they pick at number 10? Yeah, I've kind of... uh switched courses with the Denver Broncos. I don't think they are going to go with a quarterback. I think they're mm-hmm. going to ride it out this year. They're going to go with Joe Flacco. They're not going to be good. Um, but uh, I, I think that they are going to stick with him for at least this year and maybe another, um, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, Joe Flacco, he's got a little bit more in the tank. Nothing that I think is going to take them to the playoffs. I don't think Joe Flacco's there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he is a guy who will be able to work the ball down the field a little bit better than what Case Keenum was able to do last season, which is just unfortunate because he did so well with Minnesota uh, the year before. But right I, situation. I am thinking, yep, absolutely. But I'm thinking more along the lines of a tight end for for the Denver Broncos because what's been something they've been missing for a long time? They've had some wide receivers, but they have not had a tight end. They've had some running backs, but they haven't had that tight end. And, and, and for... For a team that has some young wide receivers, being able to go and add a young playmaking tight end again, mm-hmm. T.J. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson uh, certainly a great a great player. Uh, Noah Fant is there as well, mm-hmm. uh, who I think is a certainly a, a great player. Opportunities to grab a guy that is Travis Kelsey esque that a lot of people compare. Uh, to the the Chiefs' tight end in terms of skill and build and ability to go up and get the football and plays like a wide receiver, not Mm -hmm. necessarily a tight end. Body of a tight end plays like a wide receiver. And that's where the Denver Broncos could possibly turn to, and I think that it could be a smart idea for them to do so because they need more offensive weapons. They need more guys who can make plays and make plays down the field. So tight end, I think, makes a lot of sense for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of on the ropes here, and the reason why I'm on the ropes is I feel like either offense or defense would not be a bad idea. Um 
And I know you're sitting there at home. Well, Ricky, there's only two sides of the football. Special teams. You're, you're could, either, be, could be special yeah, teams. Yeah, they're going to take Andy Isabella, the wide receiver out of UMass, and he's going to be their punt returner. <laughs> um, that's what they're going to do at number 10. No, I'm kidding. Um, but the thing that I think about with Denver is because I was looking back at while you were kind of giving your thoughts, I was looking back at some of my mock drafts. And recently I've been on the quarterback train. Mm-hmm. But if you look back, if I've gone offense, I went offensive tackle, Jonah Williams. Almost said Jonah Hill. He's not in the draft. Um, <laughs> He's not this year? Jonah Williams I've gone with. Um, but most of the Broncos, and this was even when they were higher in the draft before they settled in at 10, was defensive tackle. Like I had Ed Oliver there in a couple of my mocks to the Denver Broncos because defensive line is also a need for them. They need help on the defensive line. They could use some help on the offensive line as well, offensive defensive lines. Linebacker, obviously why they're probably looking at Devin Bush because they do need linebacking help also, but then also tight end. I also think that if DK Metcalf's there, he could be a good pick for them. And the reason why I say that is Yes, they have Cortland Sutton. Yes, they have Emmanuel Sanders, but I think Emmanuel Sanders is on the way out. Um, They got rid of Demarius Thomas. He's gone. And I feel like Emmanuel Sanders will be the next one to just kind of leave or get traded because he's getting old and he's not producing for Denver like he used to. I'll I'll disagree with you a little bit there. I think Emmanuel Sanders is still pretty productive Mm -hmm. for the the Denver Broncos. But he hasn't been the breakout receiver that he used to be for them. Maybe that's because Peyton Manning's not there anymore. I mean, I think part of it has to do with the person who's working you, the football. Mm -hmm. I think think he definitely still has stuff left in the tank. Uh, Sanders does, but... You know, uh, he's the veteran guy there now. You know, mm-hmm. people are looking at him. I mean, he's got plenty of years on him, that's yeah. for sure. But I think he's I think he's still got plenty left uh, to go in the tank. I mean, look, Demarius Thomas, he, he signed with the New England Patriots. He obviously believes he's got uh, some left, and they do too. Mm-hmm. But... I, I just I, I think that he's better than what maybe you were making yeah. him out to be with that statement. But they're... I mean, he certainly is the old guy on on that uh, in that wide receiver core with a lot of young uh, young guys there as well. And the thing I will say too is the thing I'm gonna the thing I like about hearing Denver not drafting a quarterback is I'm starting to sit there and I'm thinking, hey John, maybe you're learning from your mistakes. Maybe you're learning that you know what? Maybe I'm not the evaluator of young quarterbacks. That I used to be. Um, And also I start thinking that, because remember it was a couple weeks ago that there was news circulating that Denver really liked Drew Locke and that like Drew Locke could be a piece for them and that they could go up and get him. I start to wonder now, was that true and now things have changed or was that something that the Broncos let out that John Elway's like, hey, we're going to set out to the media that we're really liking Drew Locke. Maybe someone will trade up with us at 10 so that we can get some more draft capital, move back, get a defensive guy, or, hey, move back, get one of those tight ends because two of them are going to be there um, above 12, I believe. I just I think that maybe John Elway's learning from his mistakes. Hey, I'm not the evaluator of quarterbacks that – 
I think I am. I made a huge mistake when I drafted Paxton Lynch. I don't want to make that mistake again. So you know what? I'm going to rest on my laurels a little bit. We'll stick with Joe Flacco, much like we stuck with. Remember, everyone thought Peyton Manning was done after he left Indy. Oh, yeah. Those neck injuries, all Peyton's done, never going to win again. Went to, what, two Super Bowls, won one of them, um, if I'm not mistaken. With Denver, he beat Carolina and then lost in the Seattle one, right? Those were both Peyton Manning Super Bowls where yes. Peyton lost because yes. the Seattle one had the ball go right over oh, his head. Oh, yes. That's how um, the game that started. That was in New York. And then I believe Peyton was still there when they beat Cam Newton. He was. Um, he was. So you go to two Super Bowls with Peyton Manning. Not saying that you're going to go to two Super Bowls with Joe Flacco, but this has also been a team that when they went to those Super Bowls, what part of the team was their strongest? Defense. Defense. That's why I'm maybe leaning towards if I had to pick between Hawkinson and Bush, maybe that the Broncos go with Bush because that defense needs to be strong, especially with their head coach being Vic Fangio. See, that's where I would say go with go with an offensive guy mm-hmm. because typically your defense always has been pretty strong. Yeah, but they're getting and, kind of, part of you, it's getting kind of old. And I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, your offense needs to be, you know, top top notch. And and when Peyton Manning mm-hmm. was there, it it was. I mean, I think the, what we saw with the Denver Broncos this past year too was that they didn't score a ton of points. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't lighting anybody up. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had a really great running back in uh, Philip Lindsay, who came out of nowhere, and they did a great job there. Uh, with him, mm-hmm. but ultimately they weren't they weren't blowing people out. They weren't winning games. They yeah. won four. Uh, so they so uh, again, a lot of people would then say, Brandon, well, there you go. They have no defense, but they also need to be able to score some points. So I think they're in a better spot defensively, even with some of the guys who are older, offensively. Yes, I think they 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 have some of the right pieces in place with the wide receiving core. They're young; mm-hmm. they still have time to to grow and develop, and that certainly is understandable. And you've got to wait on that. You do. You just you just do. Um, but I, I would I would say offense for the Denver Broncos. See, and the thing, the only thing from this that I'm kind of like eh about is Devin Bush, and the reason why I say that is. In my mind, the Broncos need an inside linebacker. And yes, Devin Bush played inside linebacker at Michigan, but let's be honest, he's undersized for the NFL. At 5'11", 234, he's not a guy that I want inside. And maybe you could say, hey, we're going to put him inside anyways because they run a 3-4 according to the depth chart, so they've got the two inside linebackers instead of just the one. But like NFL's draft profile says, and I'll say it, undersized three-down linebacker with the speed and cover talent to make an easy transition to the will linebacker as a pro. So to me, I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, all right, will linebacker, weak side linebacker, that a team is not going to draft you to be the inside guy, they're going to draft you to maybe be the cover guy on the outside. 
Um, but usually in a 4-3, you want that outside to be a rusher, maybe because they are a 3-4. Hey, we could use a cover guy in our linebacking core. Maybe that's why they're looking at Devin Bush there. The guy I just I look at and I go, if he is there at 10, which in all of my mocks he has been, is the guy I would go with for them if we're going defense. So take offense off the table. I agree with you. If it's offense, we're going TJ Hawkinson because they need the tight end position. But if they're going to go defense at 10, if you're John Elway, would you still go Devin Bush? Or if he's available, which I think he will be, would you be more inclined to go with an Ed Oliver to play inside on that defensive line because they're kind of bare on the inside of that line as well. Uh, it goes kind of back to the Oakland Raider discussion that we mm-hmm. had. Go with need. Go with where you're going to, where you really need the, the position mm-hmm. the most. And you just made, you just made the comment, bare. Mm-hmm. Bare. We've got, we got nobody playing there. We've got no uh, stopgap. Right there, and or mm-hmm. anyone to be able to uh, bring some pressure. So that's that's where I think uh, they need to go with, and 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 what makes the most sense. What makes the most sense? Mm-hmm. Not surprise anybody for the sake of trying to be crafty, as we as we mentioned again in that in that Oakland segment. Here's another question I'm going to ask you: is because I mentioned how I would go defensive tackle over linebacker. If I was the Broncos and if I'm drafting defense, let's say they do go offense at 10. They take a TJ Hawkinson. Let's say he's there. They take a TJ Hawkinson. Let's say even if Hawkinson goes to like the Lions or the Jags, let's say they go Noah Fant just for the sake of this argument. They go offense in some way at number 10. Could you see the Broncos being a team? that trades back into the first round for something on the defensive, either on the defensive side. So, like, here, I'll paint this picture for you. They go TJ Hawkinson at 10. They make a trade with the Rams. They send the Rams the, um, so. Excuse me, I'm sorry. So the Broncos would receive the 31st overall pick and a fourth round pick. And they would give the Rams a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a future second. That's the trade. Do you see them either, if they go offense at 10, making a trade to maybe get a Jeffrey Simmons, a guy who, hey, we're not going to have him the first year because he tore his ACL. That's why we're getting the fifth-year option on him. And that's a defensive tackle that is really high on some people's boards and analytically is really high. Roto World's really high on him when it comes to interior linemen, or the flip side, if they go a Devin Bush at 10 and a Noah Fant is there at 31, could they make a trade with the Rams at 31 to give some draft capital up to maybe get both of those needs in one fell swoop at the beginning and end of day one or night one of the NFL draft? I would almost look at your second scenario mm-hmm. of Devin Bush being there at 10 and then maybe trying later on for... Mm-hmm for Hawkinson to see if they can, you know, work it both ways and and win that uh that first round. 
you know, in multiple ways on mm-hmm. both sides of the football. I, I could definitely see maybe something like that happening with the Denver Broncos, especially if they're not if they're not going for a quarterback, then they can really try and be aggressive at those other positions. Because tight end to me is it's still as we get closer to the draft, it is my most intrigued position. And the reason why is so in many mock drafts, TJ Hawkinson, although I like Noah Fant better TJ Hawkinson is usually the guy that people think, hey, he's going to be drafted first off the board for the tight ends. But, like, in the top ten, no one in the top five is going to take a tight end. The Giants are going to take a tight end. They're going to go quarterback or defense. That really leaves to me the Jaguars and the Lions, maybe the Bills. But Jaguars and Lions are the only teams that I could really see taking a tight end in that top 10. If they don't, and he goes outside of the top 10, well, the Bengals could do it, but I don't think they will. And the Packers will. So, like, if Hawkinson gets to 12, he's a Green Bay Packer, get him up on the podium because they need tight end help. Yeah, they signed Mercedes Lewis, but Jimmy Graham has not been Jimmy Graham. Um, Plus, they need help. Like, the face you just made... Is exactly the face you should be making <laughs> when talking about Packer tight ends. And then after the Packers, it really, to me, depends. Like, the Titans, if they like Noah Fant, and they're like, hey, Delaney Walker's getting old, he's getting injured a lot, we could use him for a tight end, but they also need wide receiver help. They could be also looking quarterback help because they just traded for Ty- Ryan Tannehill, but that's really because they need Marcus Mariota to start the season. And then when he gets injured, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill should be able to play half a season so they have one quarterback altogether. That's team one that could go for a tight end. You've got the Seahawks could go for a tight end. You've got the Texans could surprise, although they'll probably go offensive linemen. Um, you've got... To me, the Colts could go tight end. So there's numerous teams towards the end of the draft that could go tight end. But if the Packers get theirs at 12, and that's Hawkinson, there's a good chance Noah Fant could fall to 31 to where the Broncos, even though TJ Hawkinson's the guy they're looking at, they could still trade up, get a defensive guy like Bush that they like at 10, and get their tight end at 31 and have a good, successful day one to the NFL draft. Done. Locked in. (laughs) We're doing it. We're calling the Denver Broncos Mm -hmm. after this, giving them our Mm -hmm. suggestions. I will ask you this. Last question I'll ask you about the Broncos. If, let's say, the pick gets to you, both Bush and Hawkinson are on the table, and your phone rings, and it's either the Bengals, if it's either the Redskins, let's say it's even... The Giants trying to move up for a quarterback. Which team? First off, do you entertain an offer at 10 to move back to get more draft capital? If you do, which team is the most intriguing to you? Or do you just say, screw it, I'm going to just make my pick here and not trade back? Screw it, I'm making my pick. I'm not trading back with anybody. See, I'm almost there because it's almost like a, if you like a guy, take him. Yeah. But to me, and this is be, this is also a thing. It's like Dave has said this on the NFL, or the NBA side of things, um, where Dave's like, we've looked so much at these prospects where he's like, 
I'm watching their film and I'm like nitpicking them to this point where it's like guys I've loved. I, I'm starting to fall out of love with them because I'm watching their film so much and I'm finding things that I don't like in their game, although I loved them all year. On our side, I feel like we've looked so far at this process to where now I'm looking at it going, yeah, you really like this guy, but I really think he could slide. I don't think a team is going to take him. So, like, for me, if the Redskins call, if either the Redskins Eh, the Redskins, the Bengals, or the Giants. I'll say any three of them because they're all above the Steelers, who I think could really take Devin Bush. If any of those teams called, I'd be listening. And the reason why is because I I would feel, let's say Devin if Hawkinson's the guy, I'd take Hawkinson at 10. But if I'm leaning Devin Bush, and let's say the Redskins called me up and I got my phone and I'm like, Hey, how's it going, Dan? What's going on? Oh, you really want a quarterback at number 10? Oh, well, there's a couple quarterbacks here that you could take. I may as well make a trade with him because I think Devin Bush could be there at 15. That's the thought that would run through my head if I'm John Elway. Then I get more draft capital to maybe make a move up into the first round to get a tight end at the end. And that's kind of how I think as a draft evaluator of I look at where guys are and you could see the you could see this in our live NFL mock. I'm the guy making most of the trades. I'm moving up if I'm the Giants. I'm moving up here. I'm getting my guy here. I'm trading back, getting more picks because I just I feel like if there's somebody you really like, go up and get them. If there's somebody you really like and it's like, okay, I feel like he could fall a couple more picks to me. Get that extra draft capital so you have it later in the draft. But any final thoughts with the Broncos and who they're going to take at 10? And Or or I'll ask you this to close it. Is this a smokescreen and they're just going to take a quarterback at 10? No, they're not. I don't. I do not believe they're taking a quarterback. Because you always got to ask that question. Is, I, this I, a, is this a little cherry bomb or a little smoke bomb that's just floating up smoke so that we don't see anything. I, I do not believe they're taking a quarterback. Well, this is where you guys come in. Bronco fans, let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. One, do you think John Elway's learned his lesson and is not going to take a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft? Then number two, who would you want it to be? Do you want offense? Do you want defense? Which prospects you're looking for? you want Devin Bush? you want TJ Hawkinson? Let us know what you guys are thinking down below in that comment section. And Brandon, let's move on. A big deal shaken up. It Caused a stir in my last NFL mock draft because I had this guy going to the Colts and numerous people were like, no way the Colts trade their first round pick for Frank Clark. Well, Frank Clark was dealt, so we don't have to worry about where he is going. We know where he's going. He got traded to the Chiefs today, which the overall deal was that the Seahawks get the 29th overall pick from the Kansas City Chiefs. They will also get a second-round pick in 2020, and then the two teams are going to swap their third-round picks this year. Upon being traded to Kansas City, Frank Clark has agreed to a five-year, $105 million deal with $63.5 million guaranteed, which eclipsed DeMarcus Lawrence and the Cowboys earlier this offseason with their record deal for 
a um, defensive player. Record deals don't last long in the NFL. No, they don't. <laughs> they look, at, don't. look at Russell Wilson. He came up with a fake deadline and got a record deal. Um, <laughs> but the first thing I want to ask you is before we – because we're kind of going to look at just how this affects the draft. Yeah. Before we look at how it affects the draft, I want to take a look at the team that got him. With you being a Chiefs fan, what is your thought process? What does this do for the Chiefs now moving forward that they have one of their biggest needs in an edge rusher and have locked him down for five years? I think they're thrilled. I mean, they just lost two of the best ones in D. Mm -hmm. Ford and, and Justin Houston, and it's hard to lose both of them them uh let alone in the same off season uh so now you get frank clark who just last year 13 sacks 27 quarterback hits mm-hmm. i mean he was a, he was a force on that seattle defense so he's he's a really good player uh his stats have shown it that's for sure but kansas city now i i think what they'll want to do is i think they'll want to continue to focus on the defense you know it's they're certainly set at quarterback. When you look at the offensive side, they're 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 set there in, in a lot of in a lot of areas. You wonder though for running back, you know, would they possibly go with something at the running back position? Because I think Damian Williams is their quote unquote now starting running back, uh, with there being no uh, Kareem Hunt and um, uh, Spencer Ware. I, I'm not sure if he's in the picture anymore, but the Kansas City Chiefs are a little thin at the running back position, so there there could be somebody that they're that they're looking for. But of course, they don't have until the third round yeah. uh, to to go for a pick. Now, well, they have the end of the second. Oh, yeah. So their first pick is going to be basically the third round. Um, it's the sixty third overall pick, which is the first to last pick. It's the sixty third, then the Patriots, then it rolls over into the third round. So you're late. You're waiting until middle of day two, um, middle of that Friday um, to kind of make a pick and also to go on your running back thing. According to our lads, the depth chart has Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, and um, Darrell Williams. So you got two D Williams and then a Carlos Hyde in your backfield right now. Um, Yeah, for the Chiefs, I feel like this – it's like I said to you when we walked in of like, well, Frank Clark's your first round draft pick. Yeah. And like you said, absolutely good. Like you're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason why the Seahawks had to deal him is kind of two reasons why. One, they had to franchise tag him this year, didn't want to pay him the big money. They didn't draft him in the first round. That's why they didn't have the fifth year option on him. They got him in the second when they did. Number two, Seattle didn't have a lot of draft picks this year. Before this deal went down, they had the, let's see, um, the 21st overall pick. Then I believe they didn't have a pick at all in the second round. Their next pick was in the third round, which originally was the 85th overall pick. Then after that, they had a fourth, so that's three picks. A fifth, that's four. And then I think they only had one more after that. I think it was in the seventh, which was the... No, that was it. So they had like four or five picks in this year's draft. Now adding a first-round pick obviously gives them more capital in that first round, but they also get a pick next year 
and just the only negative is that you're moving down in that third round, but it's not a huge jump from 85 to 93 is now where the Seahawks are going to go. I'll ask you this. In your mind, what does this do to now the Seahawks' strategy? Because now they have the 21st overall pick and the 29th overall pick. The one position that I know I've been mocking a lot to the Seahawks at 21 when they had won was cornerback. I was also mocking cornerback to the Chiefs at 29. So now, because you can get a cornerback, in my mind, at either two spots, if you are Pete Carroll, if you are the Seattle Seahawks, what's going through your mind now that you have the 21st and the 29th pick in the first round? Uh, what's going through my mind is <laughs> outstanding. We have an opportunity to get uh, two positions. But I, I think uh, when you when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, what did you just do? You just gave Russell Wilson a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, but not really because I don't care, um, th- that I'm going to talk about offense mm-hmm. again because defense is boring um, for the most part. I'm really thrilled that the Chiefs got Frank Clark, but boring. Mm-hmm. Um, they... You look at the offensive weapons. Doug Baldwin last season, it was a lost season for him. Lost season for him. He was hurt, barely was able to play. When he did play, he wasn't at the top level. I mean, we remember Doug Baldwin from just a couple, two, three years ago. Had like Mm -hmm. 13 touchdowns. I remember playing the guy in fantasy. He screwed me every time uh, because he always had at least one to two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, outstanding. Solid wide receiver for them. They're number one last year. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett can't be your number one wide receiver. He can't. He can't continue with a number one wide receiver labeled to him. He's a two for sure. Solid stud two. He's not a number one. Doug Baldwin's no longer going to be a number one if he can't shake an injury. David Moore, they've tried to work him into it. Uh, he could be a, a, a decent three. After that, you've got nobody. You have got Nobody. Tight end, you need help there too. So if I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I'm thinking, wow, this is outstanding. Russell Wilson is locked in. Who's he throwing it to? Mm-hmm. Who's he throwing it to? What guys are going to be available for him to help him make plays, to help him do what he does, and who ultimately have helped him to get to this big payday? So I'm looking, if I'm the Seahawks, for an offensive weapon. Obviously not at the running back position. You seem set there, especially with Chris Carson, uh, most likely being your guy. But wide receiver, tight end. What are you? What are you going to do? And I would say more wide receiver because even when Jimmy Graham was in Seattle, it didn't seem to go well. When he, Jimmy Graham was in New Orleans, it was perfect, match made in heaven, him and Breeze. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go so well with the Seattle Seahawks. So I look for the Seattle Seahawks to do something offensively and something at the wide receiver position. Now, I'm going to combat you here a little bit. Please. And the reason why is I don't think if I'm the Seahawks, I am not looking at wide receiver in the first round. And the reason why I say that is because I look at the wide receivers in this draft and I feel like I can get better – I say better value later on, not that like, hey, I can get a 
DK Metcalf in the third round. But I look at it and I go, maybe I can get a guy who develops better in the third round than I can with what's available to me at the first round. And the reason why I say that is, so I've been looking at this article that Dave sent me. Um, Roto World, who they dive into the analytics of everything, they ranked analytically the every position and they gave like, okay, this is where we would have them draft compared to where others would have them drafted. Oh, no. Did I pull up the wrong article? I think I pulled up the wrong article. Um, give me two seconds to pull up the right article. It would be like, hey, Ricky, you should probably have this uh, already pulled up uh, ahead of time. Let's see. Who cares? There we go. I was looking at it earlier. Um so let's see. No, this is not what I wanted either. Why is it not giving me what I want here? Um, but basically what it is is they like like they have guys higher in the draft later on, and they have them ranked higher. Like one of them being the kid out of Stanford, JJ um Arcega Whiteside. You also got like Miles Boykin, who could be a third round pick this year, to where if I'm the Seahawks. The two positions I'm looking at in the first round are as I'm looking for a corner and I'm looking for a defensive tackle. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody that can add depth with Jaron Reed and I'm giving me somebody that is going to help me out in that backfield because my defense is depleted. Like Russell, excuse me, Russell Wilson is a guy kind of like a Tom Brady in my sense, kind of like a Peyton Manning. Kind of like all the great quarterbacks. They will make wide receivers good. Yes, are the wide receivers they have amazing? No. Yes, Doug Baldwin is your best wide receiver right now. But Russell Wilson's going to make them better. That's why I feel I could get an Arcega Whiteside, a Miles Boykin, a Hakeem Butler later in this draft. And because of that, I can tackle defense early on in the first. And that, to me, is the big decision that the Seahawks are going to have to weigh on themselves because if you look at it, like I was saying before, if I pull up on NFL.com, I'm going to pull up their profile really quick. These are the picks they have in the entire weekend. You ready for it, Brandon? They have two picks on Thursday. They have one pick on Friday which is a third rounder, which is the 92nd now because they moved back in that flip with KC. And then they have a fourth and a fifth on Saturday. That's all you got. A two first, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Not a lot of ammo. You don't got a lot of – right now it's like the if if the Raiders have a like an assault rifle with all the picks that they've got, the Seahawks have a five-round pistol. They've only got five rounds to work, and they got to make them count. They got to make sure they're hitting with accuracy and they're not wasting picks. So, to me, if they took a wide receiver in the first, would it be a bad pick? No. I just think the value might be greater in the. Well, the value might be greater later, and also a pick I would look at with that 29th pick, as I do weird things with my hands here, um, is Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Because 
like I've said earlier, you're going to miss a year with him, and you can get a fifth-year option on him, what you didn't do with Frank Clark. You know, I think that uh, with with the Seattle Seahawks, you still look at their you look at their defense, and you definitely look at their secondary, and it and it, I, I think certainly could use uh, some some help. Uh, Bob, you know, Bobby Wagner is a, is a guy who's who's kind of locked in, you know, at the at the linebacker position, and uh, KJ Wright a solid one there, kind of in the middle, but. When you get to uh, the secondary, it's not as it doesn't have the same names mm-hmm. and and in kind of stud names as as the middle of that defense does. And I agree with you in the in the sense of you want to be able to uh, bring in some more guys, be able to get that defense again because that that was the Legion of Boom defense, right? Uh, and that's Seattle's way. That's how they won so many of their games was on their defense. I, I understand that, uh, but I think that there also comes a time too where you need to put some more into uh, a a side of the football that has been, uh, if um, you know, you you you. I don't want to say it's been neglected, mm-hmm. but it's it's just been something that's been kind of set for the last couple of years it's time i i think when you look at this it's time for a change on both sides they Mm -hmm. need some fresh blood on both sides for the seahawks uh offensively and defensively i will still go back to russell wilson can't do it all on his own we've seen that and i know a lot of people continue to say one of these days, he's not going to be able to de- depend on his legs to help him. He's going to mm-hmm. have to be throwing the football more, mm-hmm. and he needs to be able to have really quality guys to be able to throw it to. And and again, I realize that you know first round you don't necessarily need to take them right away, but and and there are other wide receivers, mm-hmm. and 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 it you I mean I think the Tom Brady seventh round guy, <laughs> best quarterback all time, but Seattle should really be thinking that. And I found the answer. Although it wasn't coming up with what I wanted, I found the answers I was looking for. So out of this Roto World thing, and this is what I find the most interesting with this Roto World article, which I will link down below. Um, Just listen to this for a second or try to wrap your head around it because it's a lot for me to wrap around because I'm not an analytical guy. But here's the wide receiver rankings for Roto World based on the analytics. So the number one wide receiver in their mind is Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. He is, in real life, ranked fifth overall amongst the wide receivers. You've got Hakeem Butler is number two. He's a third rounder. So Nikhil Harry's number one. He's a second rounder. Hakeem Butler, number two. Then the third one is Andy Isabella. He's about a third-rounder, later kind of guy, maybe a fourth, fifth-round guy um, in many mocks. Number four is A.J. Brown, whom some people have in the first round. Number five is D.K. Metcalf, who many people have in the top ten. And then number six is Marquise Brown, who many people have in the first round. So, like, just with that alone, Nikhil Harry, I don't think they'll have the chance to get because they don't have a second-rounder. But, like, for example, Hakeem Butler Andy Isabella. Um, the other one, I thought there was one more that I said. Maybe I didn't. Um, 
but those guys, you could maybe have the chance to get those later on. But you just got to, like, the thing with the Seahawks is no matter who you go with, you got to hit with your picks because you only got five of them. The last thing I want to ask you is kind of branch this out to the entire kind of bottom half or bottom section of this draft because you had the Seahawks at 21 that could go cornerback. They could go wide receiver. Baltimore's also a team that could go wide receiver. You've got Oakland's a team that can go wide receiver. You've got teams like Indy and L.A. that could also be going cornerback. There's a lot of similarities with these picks. Now kind of stepping away from Seattle, do you think this trade shakes up the other teams and maybe what they're thinking because Seattle now has two picks instead of that one at 21. I think it's always going to. Whenever there's a trade that happens, it's going to change things up a little bit for teams. You're going to have to start thinking, okay, now that they um, now that they have two opportunities, here's what they probably could do. Here's you know another avenue that they could go. And then they start, those other teams start shifting their, their method. Okay, well, most likely this guy is going to probably come off the board now instead mm-hmm. of at this position, instead of this position. I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to be real specific because yeah. basic, honestly, I can't be. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it, it's, of course, going to change it. Even if it's slight, it's going to change it. And it certainly could then change moving into the second round and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's always dramatic, but it does change things or alter things slightly. One thing that just popped into my head, because for me, the cornerbacks are going to be the thing that kind of gets shooken up here at the bottom now that Seattle's got two picks to work with. They don't have to take that cornerback at 21 if they don't want to. They can wait till 29. The thing I want to ask you before we talk about the very last thing I want to talk about to end the whole podcast, if you're Seattle, you've only got five picks this draft now. Do you – does the thought even come to your mind if there's a guy you like earlier in the draft about taking 21 and 29 and moving up? Or do you say no because we only have five picks, I'm just going to stay where I'm at and try to hit – on these five picks that I've got. I mean, you could always try and see what's out there, see who mm-hmm. bites. Nothing wrong. I believe there's nothing wrong on kicking the tires on something like that. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not see what you might be able to do? Because if you don't, you, you'll never know. If you do, there may be somebody who's willing to drop back. You know, mm-hmm. the Redskins, because they're looking to go back. Well, because think about it. I think about that. Think about the Brown, the Browns trade. They traded back to the 20s. All Houston had to give up was their 21 draft, 21 overall pick, and a future first. Seattle could do the same. Now, I know giving up a future first is different, and I know Houston was doing that to get their quarterback. But let's say for some reason they really like Noah Fant. They really like a wide receiver. If you're Seattle... Would you think about maybe trading the 21 and your first next year to try to get a Noah Fant or a Marquise Brown or even a TJ Hawkinson if he for some reason falls past the Packers? Well, see, that's where I, I would kind of say no because they don't use tight ends well. Um, so it doesn't matter <laughs> if you have a good tight end or yeah. not. They're not going to uh, utilize them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't use that position much. Um so that's where I'd kind of stray away from that and say, no, no need. What about wide receiver? Would wide receiver. trade up for yeah. a wide receiver? Yeah. For I, Marquise Hollywood Brown, would you trade up for him? Because I think DK Metcalf will be gone in the top 
10 maybe. He might fall though. See, I would say yes, but at the same time, just because I think uh, Hollywood Brown is is good, Mm -hmm. you've already got him on your team. Yeah. You have Tyler Lockett. Mm -hmm. You need a guy who's a more big body guy. So you need a DK Metcalf. Go up and get, or someone similar. Take AJ Brown. Yep. Take AJ Brown. I mean, like there's all Sean Jeffrey type of player. Yeah. A guy who's got a little bit more meat to him. And. Mm Basically, a guy like Doug Baldwin, mm-hmm. who's just younger. younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why again, it's no 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 uh, uh, disrespect at all to to Marquise Brown, but um, they they have that on their team already. They don't need another one. Well, last thing I'm going to ask you because we're talking about trades in this one. Any surprise trades you think that are going to happen either day one of the draft or throughout the entire draft? I will hit you with two of my own first. Yeah, please. Number one, somebody's trading for – somebody will do what Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson. Somebody is trading with either New England or L.A. at 31 or 32 to get a guy they like and get a fifth-year option on him. Is it a Will Greer? Is it a quarterback? Maybe. But I could really see a team that needs a defensive tackle trading up to get Jeffrey Simmons to get that fifth-year option on him. So I'm going to say, one, a team trades up with either 31 or 32 to get that fifth-year option on a player. Number two, and this is one I'm less leaning on, but I'm going to say it anyways, the New Orleans Saints are going to trade up for Will Greer in the second round. The reason why I say that is they sit at 62. I don't know if Will Greer will fall that far with the other trades that may happen. I feel like the Saints could be a team. They have Drew Brees under contract for one more year. They're probably going to sign him for one years until he's ready to hang it up. Teddy Bridgewater is only signed for one more year, so you're not really handcuffing yourself to uh, Teddy Bridge over troubled waters. I think Will Greer is a guy that many people overlook, especially early on, because we see a rush of the top four quarterbacks in day one. And I think the Saints look at it, hey, we tried to get Patrick Mahomes. We couldn't do it. We're going to trade up for Will Greer. He'll sit behind. He'll sit behind Drew Brees, work with Teddy Bridgewater, and he'll be the future of the New Orleans Saints. Do we see... um... Do we see the New England Patriots trading up to get no. someone like a Daniel Jones? Not for Daniel Jones. If I see the Patriots trading up, it's for a tight end in the first round. That's what I see. Um, I kind of feel. So like when when do they go for the for the next quarterback? When do they go for their quarterback of the future? To me, Tom I, Brady, as as much as he continues to win, mm-hmm. and I know he's obviously just coming off a Super Bowl victory this past year. When's it come to an end? Because one day it does. I think that I don't think they will go for a Daniel Jones. Um, the guy that I really and this is a guy I also said I could see the Eagles taking if they go to draft a quarterback. Let me give you a round here because I want to see where he's being projected to. Maybe fourth round, Jarrett Stidham. That's what I could see. The Patriots taking. Older quarterback. Tom Brady was also an older quarterback. He was 
not the young, hey, one year. Like Dwayne Haskins, oh, only got one year as a starter and then I'm gone. No, Jarrett Stidham has been in college. He played actually at Baylor and then at Auburn. He's a guy that I could see being a draft pick of the Patriots later on. I don't think they use an early tight end or an early quarterback. They'll do that later. If they are trading up in the draft, it's for a Noah Fant. It's for a TJ Hawkinson. It's for that kind of a player. But I don't even know if they trade up because, to be honest, the Patriot way is not to trade up. The Patriot way is to trade back. So, I mean, Bill Belichick's done something for so long. I don't know if he changes his ways and actually does trade up. What do you think? Do you think that we could see the Patriots moving up? I think one of these days we have to see the New England Patriots are almost they never going to be well they're almost never going to be in the position where they can get their next quarterback mm-hmm. because it doesn't seem to be like good quarterbacks come out in the in, in free agency well, most of the they time. They had their next quarterback. Robert Kraft just made Bill trade him. I I, under, I understand that. But the New New England Patriots are never going to be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see them there. Not because Until they after Brady leaves. Not because they, they were not bottom. because they were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I guess I just they're gonna have to find the next one eventually. Mm-hmm. They have to. Yeah, they're not gonna be able to sustain it forever. Here's one last one I want to throw out to you because I'm I'm thinking I'm leaning towards this, but I just want to throw it your way. Percentage of a hundred percent being your Damn sure it's going to happen. Zero percent. Not a chance it happens, although there's always a chance. The Bengals trade up from 11 into the top 10 to grab a quarterback. Percentage? I think they they could. Percentage? 50 percent. I think 50 percent chance that they trade up to go um, and try and get a a, a QB. I I, I think 50 percent because... They're not. They're not. Andy Dalton's got set, one more year. They're not. Set, they're not happy with Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. He hasn't brought them victories. Mm-hmm. He hasn't brought them playoff berths. It's not. They are. They are not pleased with Andy Dalton. Um, he is. I said that very weird. Andy mm-hmm. Dalton. Andy Dalton. It, I mean, it's not going to continue like this forever. Uh, with with Cincinnati, and they 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 finally made commitment and said, you know what. Uh, Marvin Lewis, we're finally going to get rid of you. This mm-hmm. year, we're actually doing it. Yeah, and they did. And, and, and they did. They brought and, in Zach Taylor. And they're bringing in some some new blood there. They need to bring in some new blood at quarterback. I think there's a, a at least a 50% chance they, they trade it to get one. What I'm thinking, and you can see my full mock draft for how it went down. I won't say what they give up because I say it um, in the mock draft video that's on our YouTube channel. But the thing that I think about with the Bengals is – so, I think the Redskins are going to move up for a quarterback. They'll move up at three. Let's say they take Dwayne Haskins. Let's say the Raiders, for the sake of argument, take Daniel Jones. That's their surprise pick at four, Daniel Jones. The team that I look at is don't be a f- like don't be surprised. If the Bengals make a trade with the Bucs, the Bucs have done this last year. They made a trade with an AFC team that needed a quarterback. They traded back. I still think that the, I still think the Bucs could trade back with the Bengals to 11, 
and still get a defensive guy like Devin White at pick 11 to help out Todd Bowles, who's now their defensive coordinator, or could get an edge rusher or a defensive tackle, could get some defensive player to help them at 11 while adding draft capital. And how I see it playing out is Dwayne Haskins will end up a Redskin. Daniel Jones will end up a Raider at four. The Bengals will trade up with the Bucks to take Drew Locke. If it plays out where Dwayne Haskins goes three, Daniel Jones goes four, if you are the Bengals, are you making that move to trade up for Drew Locke or are you staying put? I'm, I'm making the move. I would be making the move. Let's flip it this way. Last one. Because I don't make it this second way. I don't do it. I want to know your opinion, though. Dwayne Haskins goes three. Drew Locke goes four. Do you call up to take Daniel Jones? Oh, God you Almighty, say, screw no. it. No. God Almighty, no. Anything. No, not at all. So not at all. We'll, only we'll, if we'll, Drew Locke we'll, is we'll, we'll, stay with, uh, we'll stay with Andy Dalton for another year. Because that's the thing. At six, and this is back to the trading up for Drew Locke, at six, the Giants could go with Drew Locke. So the Bengals, if they really want a quarterback, they'd have to call the Bucks and get a deal done on draft night for that to happen. Um, I think that it's a really it's a really clear opportunity that we could see that happen in this draft. Um, I don't know. The last thing I want to ask you, I'll ask you this. Robbie Gold. This has nothing to do with the draft now. This is Bears talk with Brandon Swanson. Last thing to end the podcast. So news today, Robbie Gold tells the 49ers, ah, I don't want to sign a long-term contract. I actually want to be traded. Do you honestly think in your heart of hearts the Bears try to get something done to bring Robbie Gold back? Because I saw something on Twitter, workout video from Robbie Gold, and in the background – Where's the gym that he's working out? Chicago. Working out in Chicago. Coincidence? Coincidence? Maybe, but I think not. Your odds that Robbie Gold ends up back in a bare uniform. Very good. I think I think they're very good. I think 75% chance that he's coming back to Chicago. Why not? We should have never gotten rid of him in the first place. Fans were upset when we got rid of him. Mm-hmm. He had one tough year. He didn't have a Cody Parkey year. He had a tough year. Cody Parkey had a go into hiding, never come out again year. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really think I really think that there's an opportunity and a good opportunity for the Bears to be able to get back with Robbie Gold, who has been able to make big kicks in his time mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL, has been able to handle pressure. Uh, again, one bad year shouldn't define your season. But, again, like I said, his was just a bad year. It wasn't season-ending. It mm-hmm. wasn't anything like that. And I feel terrible for Cody Parkey. There's guys who just don't end up getting it. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Parkey, while I feel bad for him, he was paid way too much money by the Chicago Bears to be that poor uh, when when it comes down to it. Uh, I think that Robbie Gold will be in a Bears uniform this next year, and he'll he'll be the starting kicker for Chicago. Yeah, I immediately saw that and was like, the Bears have to get it done because Blewett is not your answer. Really, with a name like Blewett, 
He's not your answer. No, no, I, I mean, I feel terrible, but no. And, of course, I wanted to ask you that with you being the Bear fan on top of the Chief fan. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. This segment kind of running longer because I made the executive decision in my head of instead of splitting that trade one into another segment, just tacking it on the end. Good here. executive decision. Um, because I did not think that it was going to be that long of a segment. But let us know what you guys think about anything we talked about today. The Raiders, the Redskins, the Broncos, and then the Frank Clark deal with the Seahawks and the Chiefs. Make sure to check us out on Patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast. That is where you are going to help support us. Make sure we can get into the new studio. Also, make sure to follow us, twitch.tv at mostvaluablepodcast.com. Dave and I will be live in these exact spots here, um, watching the draft, kind of talking the draft along with you guys as we live stream it on our Twitch page. And then immediately after, Dave and I will say bon voyage to the live crew, and then we will record our onside kick draft podcast for the first round as usual that night. So it's going to be a great time there. Also, make sure Apple Podcasts and iTunes give us that five-star rating. It really means the world to us and really helps us out. I want to thank you, Brandon, for uh, guest appearing on the TOK. Well, thanks, for, thanks for letting me come on. I hope Mark uh, is enjoying Sunny Tejas or at this time at, what, eight, well, two hours later, um, 815 Um it's. I hope it's good weather out there, Mark. And can't wait to have Mark back next week. But let us know what you guys think down below. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.